for us, it's twofold. We're playing good teams. You know, Buffalo has been a perennial playoff team here, right on the cusp of being in a handful of Super Bowls and, and a team that uh, we've got great respect for. Sean's been fantastic there uh, in what he's done. And I think they present a, a huge challenge, especially in Buffalo in the month of November. Um, just do any November, October, December Google search at Buffalo. It's a tough place to play. Um, and then to play them on Monday night, um, those are those are great challenges. And and yeah, I think I think any com- the competitor in you wants to play in front of large audiences and important games. So um, these are those opportunities. Yes, the Broncos are back at it, heading into a huge Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills, and we are back at it here on the Not Another Bucking Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Kosmider, Broncos beat writer at The Athletic. Uh, we'll be joined here in just a minute by my colleague at The Athletic, Joe Biscalia, who has done a phenomenal job for us uh, covering the Buffalo Bills. We will get into this big matchup. Um, just let's recap where the Broncos are. Again, three and five, riding a two-game winning streak as they come out of their bye week. Uh, the Broncos used that week to um, really kind of evaluate what they were doing well. Um, you know, Sean Payton talked about the core competencies of this team having really elevated. They're running the ball more efficiently. Um, you know, they're, they're being advantageous. They're taking the ball away. They're being productive in the kicking game, um, stopping the run a little bit better, um, and then playing great red zone defense. Those things have been a formula that has helped this team be far more competitive in the past, you know, three weeks or so. Um, in order though, to, to actually make a run in this second half, there, there's still a lot of ground to make up. They have to continue to find ways to be more explosive offensively. And even though Denver has played very good in the red zone, um, only three opponent touchdowns in their last 18 trips, um, it's, it's, it's probably not a sustainable formula to just say, Hey, we're going to let teams get down to the red zone and, and then hold them. This defense is one that has to continue to stop the run even more effectively, um, get off the field a little bit earlier in series. Um, th- th- I think there's still a lot more to prove from that unit. And then, you know, can Russell Wilson in the second half of this season um, continue to play the way that Sean Payton wants him to, um, which is, again, take care of the football, find the deep shots and be accurate with those when they're called um, and, and just essentially make good decisions. It, it's 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 sort of the, I guess, role that he has been placed into at this point. So that's where the Broncos are. This game against the the Bills uh, is is a is a monumental opportunity for Denver to um, make an early push in the second half of this season. Three uh, two home games will follow this against the Vikings and Bengals, followed by a trip to the Texans. So you can envision an opportunity for Denver to get on a little bit of a roll. Um, again, it's going to be very difficult. We should be clear about the challenge. Only four teams since 1970 have begun a season one and five and ended up making the playoffs. The odds are overwhelmingly likely that Denver will not get to that point. Um, but a win against the Bills would go a long way toward giving them uh, a chance to do so. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation about this week's huge matchup with the Bills with my colleague, Joe Biscalia. Okay, now to welcome in this week's guest on the Not Another Bucking Podcast. It's my colleague at The Athletic who does a great job covering the Bills, this week's opponent for the Broncos, Joe Biscalia. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm good, Nick. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, this is this is a game that, you know, I think a lot of Broncos fans um, are eager for, certainly because of the Von Miller angle, right? This, this is a guy who was 
um, the face of this franchise for for a really long time. Um, kind of shared that mantle with Peyton Manning during during the glory years uh, here in Denver. Um, but certainly in his own right, was, was that kind of guy in this city for a long time. Uh, so let's just start off the top. You, you guys have had Vaughn there since since March of 22 when when he signed as a free agent. What, got a good Vaughn story yet? Uh, you know, what's your what's your favorite Vaughn story at this point? Well, I actually have a question for you about Vaughn. Was okay. the entire time uh, he was he was in Denver? Did he strike you as like one of the most optimistic? athletes you've ever come across because I feel like he he always has like a shiny little uh shiny little outlook on literally everything like oh yeah you know I'm gonna be a GM I'm 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 getting Odell here I'm getting uh all these crazy players to come here none of it has ever happened but I'm just wondering if if he was that way in Denver too yeah Vaughn tends not to let reality get in the way of his outlook (laughs) most of the time um that, that was a staple of him and you know, for, for a large portion of, of his career, at least the first half of it in Denver, you know, it served him well. Like that's what teammates loved about him was just that like eternal optimism as the Broncos started to kind of fade post Manning retirement in 2016, you know, Vaughn still kept that same energy. Um, didn't always play as well necessarily with the, with the fans just because like they understood sort of where the Broncos are, but, but he's never, he's never deviated from that. That's kind of always who, who Vaughn has been. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, so so Vaughn, uh, I mean, last year obviously he was he was an outstanding presence into what they did, and you know really helped bring along a lot of those you know, those younger guys that uh, that they've had, whether it be Greg Rousseau who um, started off the year really hot in the, this year and then kind of tailed off with a foot injury, and then AJ Epinesa, who's had probably his, his best year of his career. They've really taken a shine to Von Miller and everything he's done, and. Uh, but but yeah, you know, it's he is kind of the overwhelming personality that that they wanted to add to the locker room. He had the the obvious Super Bowl acumen behind him in two different two different spots. Um, hasn't really gone according to plan this year, I'll say, which I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, but yeah, they're they're happy to have him. And, and now it's just a matter of them hoping that he gets back to the form that he was at last year before that injury. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, about that, but I just sort of want to kind of get into the big picture of, of this game, right? You know, the Broncos, um, they started one and five, uh, about as bad as it could have gone for the first six, six games of Sean Payton's tenure, have won two in a row since then, including their first win over the Chiefs since the second Obama administration. <laughs> um, and, and that rolled Denver into to the bye, you know, with some belief really for the first time in quite a long time. And conversely, the Bills at five and four, I, I got to think in, in Buffalo that they're kind of viewing this as um, maybe the season's not in a crisis yet, but this is a a, a very pivotal week for, for the Bills. Yeah, it's a got to have it game. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago when they were up against the Buccaneers on Thursday night football, that was, that was a got to have it game because if they didn't, then they would have been four and four on the season heading to Cincinnati. And we saw what happened in Cincinnati yeah. on Sunday night. Um, and now because this is a gotta have it game, it's because the stretch of games they have following this one are not that easy. They've got the jets who they lost to, to begin the season and the Zach Wilson jets, mind you, not, not even Aaron Rodgers for like all of three plays. He did not complete a single pass. Um, so it was the Zach Wilson jets. Right. And this is the second time they've lost the Zach Wilson jets in the last two years. Broncos know that game. Oh Yes. They uh, so they've got the Jets at home. Then they go on the road, Eagles on the road, Chiefs at home, Cowboys 
uh, on the road Chargers. Like it's just a yeah. gauntlet that they're about to go through. And at five and four, they need to get their stuff together in a hurry here. The offense has been disjointed. The defense is completely banged up. Like they were going without six of their primary defenders at one point this past week against the Bengals. Three of them lost for a, a long time in the season. Tredavious White's done for the year. Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, they might be done for the year. Uh, we'll see. But this is a team that knows that they need to get their stuff together. And I think it's an offense that knows that they really need to get their stuff together because of all of the injuries that they have incurred on, on the defensive side of the ball. It's on the offense, and they just haven't lived up to it. So it's it's been kind of like a, a butting heads of principles uh, here in Buffalo as to, you know, when is the right time to run the ball and should they be running the ball more because that's what Sean McDermott wants. And, you know, even though their best success this past week against the Bengals was when they were going through the air, specifically on first down, like it's just – there's just a lot to this season, and it's not – as easy as it was, it's not as simplistic as it was back in the years of 2020, 2021, which, oh, by the way, happened to be when Brian Dable was still here. So right. a lot, a lot going into this season and it's it, the complexity is high in Buffalo right now. Well, that's where I kind of wanted to start or, you know, go to next was with the with the Buffalo offense, because, you know, the Broncos defensively started this season on a historically inept pace um they they gave up 70 points to the miami dolphins in week three um they probably should have lost in chicago in week four they, they're about a chicago's a yard away from picking up a first down that would have sealed the game broncos came back and won but but still gave up 28 points to to justin fields in that game to a bears offense that had showed no life to that point and um you know got all run over by by the jets in the last three weeks um they they've turned it around and they've you know, they, they played a Chiefs team that they gave up one touchdown to in, in, in two combined games. Um, they've done a lot of things better, particularly in the red zone. So to me, going into this game, it's, it's, it's got to be a test for them of like how much progress have they have they really made. And and going into this matchup earlier in the year, you would have thought like, man, that that's tough no matter what with the way, you know, that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have that offense going but but we haven't quite seen it and you know i read your piece today about it, it's not necessarily easy to put the finger on because josh allen's still you know statistically putting up big numbers stefan diggs is doing his thing um you know dalton kincaid you have those guys what is your best guess as to why they're just not not clicking to the degree that we're used to seeing from the from the bills i literally just did like a 45 minute episode on this exact topic and i'm still confused um <laughs> the uh the whole the whole of the the picture and to try and like sum it down i think there's a a bit of a battling principle here going on in buffalo where they know probably where they're best and that's with passing the ball first uh, and often. Mm -hmm. um, but Sean McDermott is a defensive mind and he's coming into it with the mindset of, okay, I know what's stop what's tough to stop from a defensive perspective. And what's tough to stop is a two dimensional offense. But the trick with that is that the bills have really not been a good rushing team since COVID. Mm -hmm. um, like it's just, it, they they just haven't been able to get the job done. Their entire offense is predicated and uh, they've invested into all of these different pieces that have a better acumen for 
the passing game, whether it be their top running back, which is James Cook. He's he was one of the best pass catching backs in his in his draft year. Yeah. And that's kind of where his strength is. A little bit better between the tackles than he's given credit for, but be it as it may. Then you your offensive line you invested in, the majority, not really that great run blockers. I mean, uh, Connor McGovern, who they signed from from Dallas, he's been awesome as a pass blocker. Run blocking, not so great. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a piece of the puzzle here. Then you have Stefan Diggs, of course. Dalton Kincaid, who's your tight end, who's not really a great run blocker. So you, you just have all of these different things that are kind of butting heads with this idea of being two-dimensional, but the head coach wants to do it. And Ken Dorsey's in a spot where he was a first-time play caller last year. And now, how much resistance does he put up to the head coach? Because after all, Sean McDermott's his boss, right? So it's just a weird sort of situation going on. And all what's underlying behind under all of this is the fact that Ken Dorsey was Josh Allen's guy. So if you don't let Josh Allen's guy be his own guy, then what are you doing here? So it's just, it's weird right now. That's, that's the best way I I can put it. And I I would expect them because Ken Dorsey came out on Monday and said, you know, we, um, we'd like to play with more balance, which there's been all these coded words that, that the bills have used over the past, gosh, month of the season about the offense, whether it be in rhythm, establishing the line of scrimmage, most of it from Sean McDermott, um, balanced, uh, two-dimensional, all of it means Sean wants to run the ball more. And yeah. I think he's going to get his wish this week. And I would not be surprised if you see a lot of James Cook, uh, a lot of maybe Leonard Fournette gets the call up from practice squad for the first time. But I would not be surprised if they try to test that uh, once historically bad Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, and and from a rushing perspective, I, I think it's still a very very vulnerable defense. Uh, and I looked at it through the first five weeks, the Broncos had given up um, 938 rushing yards the first five weeks of the season. The second closest yield to that point was the Bengals at 770 yards allowed. Um, and, and in the in the three weeks since, the Broncos are about 20th in run defense. So like. They've made some progress, but they've been in games where, you know, the Chiefs aren't really running the ball a whole lot. They, they worked more the, the 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 short passing game. And then in this last game, they they were behind. So weren't really going to Isaiah Pacheco. The, the, the Broncos, I think that is going to be their, their, their vulnerability. So it'll be interesting to see how much the Bills do incorporate that. Defensively, I mean, are they just in there saying, because I know the Broncos went through a lot of this this last year with this injury thing where it just kept, say like who's who's next is that is that sort of like what it's become on that defense of like who else can we lose yeah for the most part and they just went out and they got two new pieces in Razul Douglas who they traded for um from Green Bay uh, who's presumably going to take over as the starting cornerback as of this week he was he supposed to replace the- a couple weeks ago what's that <laughs> he said he just played the Broncos a couple weeks oh, ago so. so he's familiar yeah. um and the uh he was supposed to replace Dane Jackson but that was before Christian Benford got injured in the first half against the Bengals. So now it's going to be uh, Razul Douglas and the guy he was supposed to replace, who was already replacing the guy that was supposed to be their their top starter in Tredavious White. Yeah. Matt Milano was their biggest loss of the season. He is He was the absolute key to their defense, especially after Tremaine Edmonds walked in free agency. Milano has had just taken his game to an entirely different level. Um, he was one of the best linebackers in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, and losing him potentially for the year was humongous for their defense. And then Daquan Jones is kind of an under the radar one, but he was 
uh, kind of the key to their run stuffing unit. And there were mm-hmm. some big questions about the run defense before they went and signed Linval Joseph, who had a really nice game in his debut after a couple of days of practice. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. We don't know if Terrell Bernard who replaced uh, Tremaine Edmonds will be able to play. So that means the guy that they had been using to replace Matt Milano will now shift over to middle linebacker. If Terrell Bernard can't play and their rookie who they benched uh, will now come in as the outside linebacker. And then on obvious passing downs, they have Jordan Poyer go down to linebacker. They bring in another safety. Like, it's just a mess. And by the way, Micah Hyde might not play, who's one of their, their top safeties. So I got hurt at the end of the game. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. But I'm going to give them credit because they limited that ragtag group, limited the, the Bengals to three points in the second half. I don't know how they did it. They kept getting themselves off the field. There were some really bad situations where they were backed up and they limited – the Bengals to just maybe a first down. Uh, there was one where Josh Allen threw a pick. This was in the first half, but um, Josh Allen threw a pick. They were they were up against it, and they only allowed a field goal in that situation. So there, just a lot of credit goes to that side of the ball for being able to do it with the group that they have, but it's an issue. And against really talented offenses um, that they're going to be facing, I don't know that the all due respect, I don't know that the Broncos are one of them, um, no. but but they're going to they're going to get tested quite a bit as, as things go on here. Yeah, the, the Broncos will come into this game. Um, they, they have had a, a pretty firmly established um, sort of offensive path since about week five or six, and that is um, run the football a lot more. Um, that the forty rushes against the Chiefs uh, limit Russell Wilson's exposure and have him sort of manage the game. They throw a ton of halfback screens, um, really good in that area. They, they also throw a ton of wide receiver screens are not good at all at those, but they keep <laughs> throwing them anyway, hoping that one of them is going to break. Um, and, and then sort of the occasional, the occasional deep shot. And, and that's really kind of the, the, the bare bones identity right now of Denver's offense. And it's, it's certainly not what you had hoped you would be able to be when you, when you gave up what you did to get a guy like Russell Wilson. But I think Sean Payton has come in and kind of said, Listen, this is what we have. This is this is where we are. And for right now, as we're kind of continuing to learn, I think I think they had more grandiose plans in the in the middle of the year, but they said, Hey, we got to figure out the right way to try to win games. They have found a little bit more of that. Um and, and so that that's what they'll probably really kind of kind of lean on uh in in Buffalo. Um and, and certainly try to the best they can um again limit Wilson's exposure when they do have to drop back. And that that does bring me um, you know, to that Bills pass rush and to Vaughn, um, who, who certainly I think you mentioned the work that he had done with, with some of the young Bills pass rushers right now to it. You know, Denver has a completely young pass rushing group um, and two of those guys, Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning, who start who, who are basically their starters now, um, you know, played for half of a year with Vaughn before he got traded to the Rams in 2021. And both of them have talked about just sort of the the influence he had, the way that he could, he could lift them. So it's going to be interesting to see them now get to go against the former mentor, but is it, it was it a matter of Vaughn. Is there any thought at this point that he came back too soon? Has that been a conversation or is it, is it something else that they're seeing that's just not allowed him to quite get where he, where we know he can be as a pass rusher? Yeah. Um, that is, that is a legit conversation right now because, you know, going back to that whole optimistic thing, like he was, 
right when when he got back from surgery last year, he's like, oh, week one next year. And it's like, okay, Vaughn, we just watched Tredavious White like uh, take an entire year to come back from from his torn ACL. And I know they're all different, but uh, but that seems a little uh, it seems a little um, overzealous of, yeah. of a prediction. Uh, and then the Bills decided to, you know, kind of save him from himself and put him and put him on the pup list to begin the year. But I'm sure he was giving him pressure like, hey, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I, I can do it. Look at me. I'm I'm running uh, next to next to practice and, and all this stuff. Watch me work out. I, I can do it. And then finally getting the go ahead in week five in London, which is kind of weird. You know, I always yeah. thought maybe like they would wait till they come back from London. But, you know, be it as it may, it's it is uh, quite an interesting conversation because it's one of those where. I don't know if it's going to come back because he's so he's so up there in his career. And this was a major, major injury again for him. Um, and I just haven't seen that similar explosiveness or, you know, you know, as well as I do that bend around the edge. That is his calling card. I haven't yeah. seen it once. Um, he had probably his best pass rush of all his, I believe, 104 snaps against the Bengals. And it was on a, a twist with uh with Ed Oliver in the middle of the line of scrimmage where he bull rushed a guard uh into in the quarterback and wound up creating a sack for Leonard Floyd and Jordan Phillips but that's really been it like I, I haven't seen him win many one-on-ones um it's just they need him too because Greg Rousseau's banged up Leonard Floyd has been playing out of his mind uh but really that's that's been their only good pass rusher for the last several weeks from the edge so they need Vaughn in a big way. And, and he kind of detailed it said, you know, around uh, the time when he suffered the injury last year is when he gets the bulkier brace off. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder if maybe that could be a catalyst to him getting back to himself a little bit more. But even then, like uh, Vaughn just does not look like Von Miller right now. Yeah. He looks like a guy trying to come back from a torn ACL and who's in his borderline mid thirties. And, you know, it's a tough fact of life. It's a tough, cold fact of the NFL sometimes this stuff happens and the bills are just hoping that that Vaughn comes back to Vaughn at some point this year. Yeah. You know, and I think if you're trying to look as a bills fan for kind of optimism in that, in that realm, you know, when he got traded to the, to the Rams in November of 21, he had missed the, the last game before he got traded with an ankle injury. That was, it was, I, I think worse than they initially thought that you talk about that optimism. He, he got hurt at a game in Cleveland says, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be back at practice this week. He didn't end up playing for the Rams uh, for, I think not until like the third game after they acquired him in that trade. And then when he did get on the field, it was, it, it, I, I think they were, they were kind of saying like, wow, like this is, you know, he's just not there. And then right before the playoffs, he started to pick it up. And then we know what that's what, you know, big part of the reason I'm sure that the bills mm -hmm. were as interested as they were is the way that he dominated in the playoffs. But again, that's, that's a different injury. He's two years older now than he was then. Um, but, but I think it's just going to be interesting to see how much this, this Broncos thing, he's going to be a guy that his name will be etched onto the stadium. Um, as soon as he's eligible to be in the ring of fame here, um, you know, probably a first ballot hall of famer who, um, to this, to this city means a, a ton. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of mixed feelings in there, but, uh, they'll be eager to see what he brings to the table. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he tries to petition for more snaps this week than he has been getting uh, just because I, I think getting a sack against his, his, the team there he grew up would, would be 
extra special to him. And I don't, I don't know how many more chances he'll be able to, to have to do it. So, so well, yeah, Russell I'm Wilson wondering. gets sacked a lot. He really does. So, <laughs> so he's got I, a chance. If there's a quarterback to try to get to, um, you know, again, that that's become something that the Broncos kind of just live with, um, you know, it, it, given, given where Russell Wilson is, it's, it's, um, you know, he's, he's still done a, a lot of things. Well, he's a lot more accurate than he was last year. I, I think he's leaned more into this, you know, this game plan. It's, it's far from let Russ cook. Um, but it is, it is one that is giving them a, a higher baseline. And, and I think going into it, um, they're just more in games now because the defensive baseline competency has been raised. They're really good on special teams. They have an electric returner in Marvin Mims who um, already has a kickoff return for a touchdown and, um, is near the top of the league in punt return average. Um, and then this defense that, that has its flaws, but is, has been the best red zone defense in the league for about five or six weeks now by a, by a significant margin, um, you know, does, does enough a lot of times to, to kind of get the job done. You mentioned the Buffalo, the way that they held in the three points Broncos seem to do that too, where it just doesn't look very pretty. Um, so I guess that's what I think of, of this week. I, you know, it's a very difficult place to play. Sean Payton mentioned, you know, just, just the the November December record for the Bills at home. Um, I think they're seven and three in November since Allen became the quarterback. Um, what do you ultimately see, Joe, for this for this game? What's and I, you don't have to give me a prediction or anything like that. But what what do you just sort of envision uh, come Monday night? I'm envisioning uh, them coming out and trying to establish the line of scrimmage because that's what Sean McDermott wants. Uh, and and whether that's with James Cook or Leonard Fournette or uh, Latavius Murray probably one of James Cook or Leonard Fournette, if I had to guess, um, then that, that would be their means of doing so, really try to test the, the run defense of the Broncos. But if they are unsuccessful within their first couple of drives, do not be surprised to hear the Boo Birds come out on national television because people here are fuming about the offense. They are ready to blow. They wanted to see... Uh, them go toe-to-toe with the Bengals, and instead they got 10 points uh, through their first eight drives. And that's just not good enough. And this has been a continuation of bad offensive performance after bad offensive performance for whatever reason. Uh, Disjointed, stale, uh, you know, battling principles, whatever the reason is, it just hasn't worked for six of their nine games this year. And people are frustrated. So that's the big thing I'll be keeping an eye out. Uh, How much... uh, how much, uh, I guess, leeway does this does this uh, crowd give the Bills' offense if they don't start off hot, and that could be a factor. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it'll have a little more juice um, than it otherwise might have, given a Bills' desperation and b the fact that the Broncos, while still, I, I think, a long way from being you know any kind of competitor in the AFC, um, are more competent and probably going to give teams a, more of a fight. Um, down the edge. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think Buffalo will ultimately be too much at home, um, but i um, interested to see how it plays out and look forward to seeing you when, uh, when we get up there at upstate New York, Joe, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on Nick. I appreciate it. All right. And thank you all for listening. You can catch us after the game and Buffalo will have another episode until then. Um, thanks for listening to not another bucking podcast. 